is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. And on the phone with us on this Timberwolves Tuesday is Cal Soderquist. He is the uh, studio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves Radio Network. And Cal, well, uh, it's been a, a lot of fun this year, the Timberwolves team. But I don't know if I enjoyed a single quarter of play more than I did in Monday night's win against the Clippers. I took a nap earlier in the day so I could stay up. Uh, and in a 40-19 to third quarter against the Clippers, who had all of their superstars playing, and they could do nothing against the Wolves last night. You're right. It, it was a ton of fun. And, yeah, it, uh, whether, whether folks scheduled in an afternoon nap or, or an extra <laughs> cup of coffee or two, uh, it, was all, it was all worth it uh, to stay up late for that. You know, Minnesota actually a, a little bit of a lull at the end of the first half that allowed the Clippers to take the lead. But I thought, you know, I think it was Anthony Edwards setting the tone. He looked – he was really aggressive in that third quarter – I think he got to the free throw line five or six times in that third frame alone and that just kind of set the tone everyone sort of fed off him i think he had 12 in the frame cat added 10 and yeah a 40 point quarter is one thing we've seen the wolves do that you know a handful of times this year that means the offense is humming but when you hold the clippers to, to just 19 points they're one of the the best offenses in the league uh, so far this season so they, they really put the clamps on them too it was it was really impressive. It was a complete, really. You you could even expand out to that second half, but the, yep. the third quarter really set the tone. But it was it was a complete effort from basically start to finish in that second half. And the Wolves have kind of these last two wins on the road uh, last night in L.A. and then in Milwaukee last week. Uh, really, really just complete efforts. You could argue two of the more you know dominant or or signature wins, however you want to phrase it. They they were both really really impressive. No doubt to hold the Clippers to 40% shooting uh, last night. And Ant goes 1 of 11, I think it was, from three-point range, but impacted the game in all the other ways. Uh, and, and, you know, the last two games combined, including the Milwaukee game that you referenced, I think it's 17 assists to one turnover or something like that. Boy, he's been really playing efficient ball uh, here uh, the last couple of games. Yeah, I love the fact that he's he's taking care of the basketball with with, with the, that assist to turnover ratio, and yeah, I think so. He had he had six points at, at the halftime break last night, and I don't have the the three point attempts in front of me, but I, I know he was over because the the one that he did make was another one of those tricky bank shot three pointers. We saw mm-hmm. him do it late in the game at Milwaukee. And then he did it again in the fourth quarter uh, last night in L.A. I don't know if that's like him having fun when he, when he thinks the game's decided or just kind of proving that he can do it. I know he does practice those shots. Um, it's, it's just awkward to see in, in a game setting. Uh, but he, he, he wasn't hitting from the three in the first half and it had only the six points. And I really loved that, you know, as I mentioned, he came out and was aggressive. He was getting into the paint getting to the line, had some great finishes at the rim. I don't know if he had basically decided, all right, I'm, I'm not the, the three-pointer is not dropping tonight. I'm going to make sure I'm instead uh, getting to the rim or, or getting to the free-throw line to kind of, we talk about it all the time, but scores 
sometimes all they need to do is get to the free throw line, see a couple shots go in, and then that can open the floodgates. So six at the half uh, and then 12 in that third quarter, it's not a coincidence that he, he kind of came out with that, that aggressive mentality um, and still did a really good job you know, deferring to his teammates for stretches and, and making sure that everyone got some touches and got in on the fun. No doubt, and and uh, yet uh, with that, I, I I stayed up right to the end, unfortunately, because they've had a little trouble since the first of the year closing games out in the fourth quarter. And uh, while they didn't extend the lead, they kept the lead right at high teens, uh, you know, for the rest of the way, low twenties. It it never really was in doubt, which was equally good to see. We've seen them be such a good third third quarter team. Sometimes not as much the fourth, but good in the fourth quarter again last night. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting deal, right? Because I think I think in their last seven losses, all seven of those losses, they've had a lead, uh, either a double digit lead in the fourth quarter or a multi possession lead, pretty late in that final frame. If it isn't double digits, so they, it's they're walking the the tightrope of you're doing enough things well to to garner those leads and and be in the right position with just 12 minutes left in the ball game, but you've got to find, you know, the, the secret recipe to, to make sure that you're getting it over the, over the finish line. And I think both last night and, and last Thursday in Milwaukee, they did a really good job of, all right, we, we put together a strong, either a strong third quarter or a strong, you know, run that, that saw them take control of the game. And they didn't take their foot off the gas or they didn't move away from, whether it was ball movement offensively or the things that were working defensively, I think that's been one of the themes from those those losses of late. Where you know they, I think they they just think that they can coast, or sometimes when things do come easily to them, if it's a you know a my turn your turn offense where Anthony Edwards is the hot hand and then Carl Anthony Towns takes his turn, uh, that can kind of that can sustain you for a stretch of the game for sure, but what it what that then does is other guys kind of end up standing around, hands in pockets a little bit, and uh, don't get involved. And then if, if one or both of those guys go cold, then all of a sudden uh, you, know, you, you might be looking at a bit of an uphill climb in terms of protecting that lead. So I think the Wolves are figuring all of that out. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just a two-game sample size. I'm sure they're still... I was there. With, I was right there with you last night, kind of waiting or or half expecting LA to at least make some sort of a move. Uh, maybe you know. I think as close as they got was 16, very early in the fourth. But if they knock down a couple more threes, uh, you know, and and get to within 10 with still say eight or nine or 10 minutes left, then we we have ourselves a whole new ball game, sort of. So those moments will come certainly, um, and the Wolves are are just going to have to sort of learn as they go and, and rely on the lessons they've already learned in some of these losses uh, in terms of what it takes to execute in those moments. You know, because yeah, we had just seen that against Chicago, which was one of those case in point. They led the entire way and then got caught at the end of the fourth quarter, then then dropped one in overtime. And despite an efficient offensive night for Edwards that night, he was a minus four on the plus minus. And then he's a plus 18 uh, last night. That had to be on the defensive end. It seemed like that for whatever reason, not quite as locked in against the Bulls last week on defense. And, and I think it's one of those examples where he had the, the red-hot first half. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember some of Allen's calls 
he was comparing what what Ant was doing in that first half to you know they were they were in the house that MJ built and he was looking Jordan like in, in terms of some of the step back threes he was hitting he just was in complete control I, I think he had 23 at the half and uh, you know the Wolves were rolling and it's it's human nature a little bit even if you're his teammate to kind of just defer and and enjoy the show that's that's going on but when that happens then. I think, uh, you know, if, if it becomes just more of a shootout, you're allowing the opponent to kind of hang around in the game, um, and then all it takes is a couple halftime defensive adjustments from the Bulls to slow Ant down. We saw Kobe White catch fire, and, you know, I think that's it was more so the, the theme from losses last year than this year, I think, but when you get into those back-and-forth uh, high-scoring contests, you allow an opponent to kind of hang around and build confidence as the game goes. And I think especially on the road, we've seen the Wolves' defense really, really um, excel at home and and kind of put teams away before they can maybe put together a rally. But on the road, often, you know, you're going against an opponent that is, is going to have all the momentum, sort of. If they do start to hit shots, then the crowd gets back into it and things kind of snowball. So I think that's that's kind of how I saw at least that second half unfold uh, in Chicago last week. But yeah. still still a lesson for the Wolves to learn. Yeah, 69 points in the first half and then gave up 68 in the second half and 14 more uh, in the overtime. So I was talking with uh, uh, Jim Suhan a little bit about the Timberwolves as well. And uh, I was saying, boy, it would be great to have that number one seed. He felt like it was kind of more about the matchups than getting the highest seed possible for the Timberwolves. What do you think? Is it better, say, if they're a number one seed, but maybe they don't match up quite as well as if they're the number two? Is it more matchups or the highest seed possible? It, it's really interesting, isn't it? I mm-hmm. think um, so. So last year when, when Tim Connolly came in as the president of basketball operations, he made it a point to a couple different times, you know, either leading up to last season, he would point out the fact that really the goal is always kind of to be a top-four seed because then you get you get that first-round matchup, you get home-court advantage for it. And mm-hmm. and once you're into the second round, I mean, we've seen it almost every year now, um, it, it really kind of sometimes it's about injury luck, you know, which team is the, health, the healthiest at that time mm-hmm. or which team's playing their best version of themselves. So I think that that's kind of the mindset of of the front office and the coaching staff is make sure you're top four and make sure you have home court advantage at least in the first round. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with uh, with getting greedy and and aiming for either the one seed or the two seed. The way I've looked at it, at least over these last handful of weeks, um, and still there's so much time left in, in terms of all the different shuffling we'll probably see, but... Entering the games last night, the, the Wolves, the Clippers, the Thunder, uh, and the Nuggets were all separated by just a half game in that top four. And it's wild to think there's going to be so much ebbs and flows throughout these next, uh, what, two months, essentially, to, to the end of the regular season. But if you finish four, and, and obviously you're, you're trying to project what's going to happen seeds five and six, and then we know the play-in kind of makes it even more complicated with seat seven and eight. But the team I'm looking at the most, at, at least right now, the, the Phoenix Suns are, are that five seed. I think it's a long shot for them to, to sort of climb up into this top four, at least with the way all four of the Wolves Thunder 
Nuggets and Clippers have played. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Phoenix gets healthy, we know they have, you know, sort of battle-tested guys, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. That would be a pretty scary and and almost, in a way, unfair uh, first-round matchup if you finish as the four seed and you get stuck having to go against Hall of Famers like like Durant and Booker, um, especially if if and Bradley Beal throw throw his name in there too if if everyone's healthy. So, yeah, it, I guess I, I would agree with Jim in the sense that you, you want to avoid certain matchups. The Wolves as well, the way that they're constructed, I think they match up really well with with some teams more so than others mm-hmm. um, in terms of their size and, and kind of the matchup problems they can pose. But I think ultimately, you know, the Wolves. As a team, they've had that mindset all year where they just want to win. We have not seen them rest guys or prioritize any of that stuff. They they want to continue to win and, and kind of learn as they go in terms of winning different ways and having to either come back from a big deficit or protect a big lead, uh, withstand runs. I think that's going to be their priority uh, unless something changes in terms of injuries or, or otherwise. You know, it's it's interesting. So the four are bunched to the top of the West, and then the next four, including Phoenix, are also bunched all within a game of one another, too. So it looks like one of those seasons we're going to come right down to the last day of the regular season before the, the seeds are all decided. So that'll certainly be exciting to watch. Uh, what a deep difference this team has uh, defensively. It's got to be the best defensive team they've had in a number of years, and yet scoring across the league is up so much that the Wolves at 107 points allowed per game, that's more than two points better than anybody else in the league. Uh, so the scoring has really exploded in the NBA over the last few years. Uh, how do you, what do you attribute that to? You know, I, I think what's really impressed me the most, especially as we've, we're obviously through January now, and I think we're maybe past what you would call the dog days of the season, or, or I guess you could lump in, you know, as we approach this weekend's All-Star break, guys sometimes kind of glance toward that time off and they plan quick beach getaways or anything. Um, but for me, the, just the collective mindset of, of the team. Now, we know when you add Rudy Gobert that there was the, the saying that any roster you stick him on should allow your team to, to flirt with top ten in terms of your defensive rating. So the, the talent's there. We, we've seen it from guys like Jaden, from guys like Ant in terms of their perimeter defense, um, and even guys like Carl Anthony Towns deserve a ton of credit for all the work they've put in to be better on that side of the ball. But for me, it's it's the mindset, and, and every single night, by and large, we've seen them, uh, they haven't taken nights off in terms of their defensive mentality and, and really embracing that as their identity. You know, they're, they're a team that, wants the defense to travel and, and be in play night in and night out, and then they'll do what they need to do offensively to get the win. And, you know, they're, they're, they're physical. They're, they're not going to back down from other teams. I think we saw it last night, certainly. They, they really embrace these tough matchups, um, and, and I think they, even as the season has gone on, they've really leaned into their size advantage and their, their physicality advantage, which they have on most nights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's just a ton of fun to watch. It's a ton of fun to watch Anthony Edwards or Jaden McDaniels, you know, chase other players around screens and make those second and third efforts um, as the shot clock winds down. Certainly, it's it's not common in the NBA. And and if you watch enough games, either Wolves opponents or otherwise, you know, it's it's almost human nature 
that some teams or, or some guys will, will take possessions or entire nights off on, on that end of the floor. And it's been really cool to see the Wolves kind of fully buy into, yep, this is going to be our identity. It's our best way to, to stack a ton of wins, and uh, we're all in on it. So that, that's what I've enjoyed. Um, and everyone just being on the same page on that end has, has allowed them to, to put together this really impressive season defensively. Yeah, that's for sure. And yet scoring around the league is really up over the last few years. It's got to be the most skilled era in basketball. There's so many different ways now that guys are, are learning to shoot the ball and work on quicker releases, and, and the three-point percentages are higher than ever, and some believe it's because teams don't play defense. Well, they do. It's just the offensive players are so skilled. Yeah, I think I think coaching staffs have done a great job too of of really you know tweaking things to to maximize the talent they have, but but players deserve a ton of credit too. I mean we we saw James Harden last night. He's not the volume scorer with the Clippers that he used to be, but he was one of the first guys to really I think lean into you know the, the analytics approach of all right, I'm going to prioritize free throws, uh, point blank shots at the rim, or threes, and he he even uh, loves to manipulate some of the, the officiating and the foul calls to, to really juice his free throws up. I think we've we've seen Joel Embiid do some of that same stuff. Um, <laughs> so players are really smart, and, and they know what an efficient shot is and, and really how to uh, pile up points and bunches. No doubt. And, and uh, you know, uh, that's enjoyable to watch for me. I mean, the guys have, have become so skilled. Not so much the selling of foul calls. I wish there wasn't so much of that going on. Um, but but the quick releases, and I think a lot of these young shooters now, they all grew up watching Steph Curry and seeing what a quick release he has. I think he's had a monster effect on the game and, and improving guys shooting and making them want to become better shooters and ball handlers before they even get into the league. Oh, I, I think 100%. I mean, there are already guys in the league that, you know, I think of Trey Young. I, I think of some of the guys who aren't the, the prototypical size athleticism, but have still been able to be super, super effective. It's not like Damian Lillard modeled his game after Steph Curry. Um, they're, they're basically peers mm-hmm. in terms of their, their experience, but Dame is another one of those guys who, you know, really evolved his game and he basically crosses half court and he's within range. Um, so yeah, the, the the scoring. I think you're right. I think it makes for a more enjoyable night in and night out product mm-hmm. uh, to see all these offenses kind of thriving. But at the same time, I think when we get into the postseason, especially, it seems like the game slows down a bit. It gets played at at more of a half court pace or closer to a a half court pace. And I think that's where, as far as it concerns the Wolves. Defense, I think, will still be something that that they can lean on, and uh, even against some of these high-powered offenses. Timberwolves tonight in Portland against the Blazers. Alan Horton on the call. Cal Soderquist helping him out with pregame, halftime, postgame, some stats throughout. Uh, Cal, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, Todd. Cal Soderquist, studio host for the Minnesota Timberwolves Radio Network on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.